This week's episode is sponsored by Extrastatic. Extrastatic is a hosting service for Svekel blogs. Svekel blogs combine the simple conventions of Jekyll with the incredible power of Svelte. Check it out at extrastatic.com. Hey, it's another Svelte Radio episode. Today we have all of the hosts are back. Yay. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 Oh, there he is. <laughs> Sean's back. So what have you guys been up to? Been uh, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Work stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I am finally in New York, which is a, a bit of a homecoming for me. The last time I was here was when COVID happened and everything shut down and yeah it's nice to be back yeah nice 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 that apartment you're in looks very spacious it's a hostel um, ah. there's it's oh. like a co-working area i i'm i basically like i don't have to save the money but if i don't need to spend extra money to stay in a hotel i'm going to stay in a hostel so in the u.s i think i recommend this network of hostels called hostling international i guess this is my pick already because they have a <laughs> they have a hostel in every major city and it's probably the cheapest uh, accommodation you can get so wow. here i'm staying in new york city i can get anywhere in the, in town for uh in 30 minutes and it's 60 something dollars a night oh that's cheap it, yeah it's pretty cheap um so wow uh, it's, a, it's a it's a good place. I mean, obviously, it's a shared like bunk bed type situation, but yeah, whatever. Uh, that can be fun as well. Like if you depending on what kind of trip if you want to do as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm usually traveling by myself. Right. I'm I met some <clears throat> some lifelong friends in a hostel in um in New York. Oddly enough. Oh, we it don't was... talk at all. Everyone just does their own thing. Oh <laughs> uh, no, we, we we talked. We we talked. We drank mate. We had loads of great, great fun. It was like really like a life experience. <laughs> And also the other life experience was that the, the hostel was in Harlem and it had like rats running around the floor and it had like cold showers. So oh, yeah, there's yeah, lots yeah. to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was fun. That, it was definitely fun. Yeah, that sounds a bit scary. All right. Yeah. So so you're you're traveling around, Sean. What what about you, Anthony? What what are you what are you doing? Uh well, not traveling, the opposite, basically staying at home working. I think it's it's basically how it works out. <laughs> Yeah, just hired another person. Well, we hired him a while ago, but he's now joined. So that's fun. Trying to actually manage the team, which is, again, like I said, I think last week, it's it's a new challenge for me, really. But um, mm -hmm. but it seems to be going pretty well. That's um, good. Yeah, stuff's getting delivered. It's high quality. I'm pretty happy with it. So yay to scaling, nice. I guess. That's, that's what yeah. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just run yeah. this one small instance of, of your application anymore. You have to split well, it up into yeah. microservices and I mean, all yeah, that. we get into we get into software scaling. That's a whole that's a whole new ball game. We're yeah. still we're still figuring out our our sort of QA strategy for that, but all good fun and games. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, and summer's so here I've been, in England. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, <it> spring <laughs> is here in Stockholm. So <laughs> well, it's 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 technically spring, but it's so hot today. I've got the windows open, and everything. So it's it's kind of oh, like a mini wow. summer. Oh, yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. So, what have I been up to? I've been working on the Svelte Summit site and uh, the upcoming fall event as well. So, I could, I guess, I can give a, a short update. So, we've released 
two of the 12 sessions that we're going to have on the at the spring event. So we have uh, Svelte, a shortcut to accessibility by Josephine Schaefer. Sorry, Josephine. I tried. Um, and we also have Svelte Native in production, which is, I'm pretty excited about that one. I don't think we've ever had a Svelte Native talk by Kyohei Hamaguchi. Uh, I think he did a talk last time as well. So those are interesting. And we also have a number of other talks coming up as well. And we're bringing back the meatball sessions in case you like those from two summits ago. So yeah. Yeah, we're going to release more of the of the talks um, during this week and next week and the week after, I think. So there's that. Yeah, that's pretty much the spring event. And then there's also the the fall event, which most people probably haven't heard about. But there's an in-person Svelte Summit coming up in, in fall. So it's that that's uh, September 8th and 9th. So it's two days of, of uh, a lot of Svelte talks. And I've uh, got some exciting... Speakers that will uh, will be sharing their their knowledge. Um, Rich has confirmed that he's coming, so that's nice. Um, Penguin is also coming. Pete Allen, if you, I'm sure most of you have heard about him. And I've, I'm also talking to a lot of other um, speakers that I'm going to announce as we get closer. Uh, you can you can buy tickets already. Um, the super early bird ones are almost running out. I think they're like. Three left, so if you want to grab one of those, uh, that's that's a good idea to do now. Um, but yeah, we have a new we have a venue. It's a like a newly built place. I might have talked about this last time, but I might as well talk about it again. So you yeah. built a venue just for Svelte Summit. I mean, that's dedication. Yep. I like, built I like using that. Svelte, of course, Svelte. Kit. Oh, in Svelte as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, j- I just did like a like a custom render for for bricks instead nice. of. Uh, of HTML elements. It's like so, free yeah. printing. It's felt really native. It's called felt really native. <laughs> it's felt physical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So I guess that that's a status update of what we've all been uh, been up to. So let's get into uh, to to the fun parts of of the podcast. There's a new feature. So you know how felt colon component is a thing where you can pass in components. You can now do it, but with elements. And it's called Svelte colon elements, which is pretty nice. And it's exactly what you'd expect, right? It's uh, You can pass in a tag name and it'll render the corresponding HTML tag name. So yeah, it's not particularly... Sa- sorry? I was going to say, it saves you from... If you previously, for example, we have like a a field component that can do like password fields, uh, text fields, it could use your text area as well, but it can, it can do like, if you click the eye icon, it will change it to a password field. So right now you've got loads of if statements to get that working. It's pretty, it, it works, but it's pretty ugly. Um, yeah. So what this does is it allows you to replace that with a single, uh, a single tag. Yeah. I, I think the, the main use case for this is like people that work with, CMSs, right? Where you get like a JSON tree of of some content, maybe, and you want to just like render the correct HTML. You kind of had to do like, yeah, yeah. You kind of had to do like this weird fifty if statement thing where you had all of the elements, which is yeah, 
wasn't fun. Yeah, I don't so, even know. I, I don't know. It's just CMSs, actually. I think that it's useful for, for any kind of admin application, yeah, really, because definitely, if you define like a CRUD model, and you don't want to build the same old form for each of your CRUD models, you can use this instead and render it dynamically, yeah. which is something that I've been sort of wanting to do for years, and we kind of do do it in some respects, but it's it's pretty ugly at the moment. Yeah. So I think this. Let's see if we can find the the PR. This PR has been open for a pretty long time, right? It's uh, I yeah, think um, two years. Yeah, it's it's a long, long time. Uh, six, eight, nine, eight. Actually, huh, the PR has been open since November last year, so not that long. But the issue was open since October twenty twenty. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember we we've probably talked about this a couple of times on the on the podcast about how how it'd so, be nice to okay. have this. Uh, so I, I my question is why does it um, you know why do we need a separate API for a Svelte component and Svelte element? Yeah, that that's a good question. I guess it's since, since it's an element and not a component. But I then know. you could probably rename it to I don't know, Svelte colon dynamic or something. Svelte thing. And then yeah. yeah. And then it just does both. I felt well, I felt like I knew the answer to this because it was it was brought up when someone suggested another. I'm, sh- I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it was discussed. Though. We're just, but I don't know what it is, and I can't remember now. It's quite a few years. But yeah, yeah, there was there was definitely a reason why you can't use it both. Maybe it's uh, something along the lines of uh, breaking changes or something. I guess no, it's not that. It. It's no. something more fundamental. Hmm. There's some there's some very basic heuristics like uh, same same like uh, React. You know, if it's uh, uppercase, it's um, it's a component. If it's lowercase, it's an element. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, could do that. Guess um, I guess that w- that would make it easier for for React people coming over. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I think we I think Svelte uses the exact same uh, heuristics for. Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, there's no difference at all. Anyway, it's not hard right. and fast. You just get warned about it. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So. Uh, I think it's important to study this with use cases, so I, I put a couple in the show notes, and hopefully that will help people use this. Yeah, and we should probably give a shout out to uh, the guy that uh, made the PR, Yuichiro um, Yamashita. Oh, my Japanese is rusty. Sorry. That's not bad. But yeah. Yeah, the pronunciation. <laughs> sounds, legit. I mean, pronunciation. Like I know. I, but. I mean, I I did study Japanese for for a couple of years, so yeah, so che- kind of cheating, but it shows. that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, is he doing any other kind of cool stuff? Uh, Do you know anything? GitHub. Oh my god, it's so it's so green. Okay, <laughs> so he's a he's a frequent contributor to Svelte Kit and Svelte, and he has a side project called Kvelt. Kvelt is felt in Kotlin. Wow, that's there's there's someone in in the Discord that always harps on about Kotlin. <laughs> Maybe it's I him. don't remember who it is. <laughs> oh no, it's it's this uh, it's the Tails person. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this uh, he has a. I, I just I'm just like kind of browsing through his GitHub. Um, yeah, so he's he's doing a lot of stuff, just random poking around. But it looks like he's interested in. WebAssembly, Kotlin, Svelte, good stuff. Yep. Let's let's put his GitHub in the in the links here in the notes. 
Cool. Okay. Um, anything else? Uh, what, what's the implication? Um, you know, what's next? Is is uh, are there any more um, fancy felt colon elements that might be introduced? Um, I mean, there will be obviously in the future. There, there isn't any immediate plans. I don't think. There, there will be what in the future? There, there might be more, you know, svelte colon tags in the future, but there aren't any immediate plans for any. That I know, that's I know of anyway. So, I have a question about this svelte colon element thing. Can you put a svelte colon body tag inside of a svelte colon element as the tag? Um, don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. And you would need some maybe, kind of recursion. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do you want? Know. Why do you want that? No, I, I was just thinking about it. it was a, okay. Just if it's possible. No, <laughs> no real reason. <laughs> come up with the use case and propose it. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Um, should we talk a bit about this other PR that's been? Uh, oh yeah, super neat. Just re- yep. Yeah. Um. Okay, I, I mean, I can. Anthony spotted it, so uh, I guess you're the best person to talk about it, and then I can give some background on Turbo Repo, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I just I just spotted it being talked about, and Rich opened a PR um, to convert one of our jobs. So one of, one of the problems we have uh, with GitHub Actions is it can be quite lengthy when it runs tasks, especially if you're just fixing a, a typo in a change set. It's rerunning all the actions and kicking things off, and the build time for changing it like a a typo in a change set or changing a bit of documentation is about nine and a half minutes, which is, well, it's actually nearly 10 minutes, which is quite a lot of time considering. Uh, and it's also bad, you know, for the environment, power-wise, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. Um, and so obviously always looking for ways to reduce that. And Turbo Repo, of course, has recently been acquired by Vercel. And I, I honestly, I looked at it. I thought it was kind of an equivalent to PMPM. I really like PMPM. So I was like, nice, and then kind of moved on and didn't look into it too deeply. It turns out it can be used alongside PMPM. And so Rich applied it to this, this PR and it reduced that build time from 10 minutes to one minute, 16 seconds, which I, I still haven't quite figured out how it's done that. It, there's some kind of absolute magic going on. Um, it has some other features such as like signing um, the third party repositories, things like that for, for integrity and security. Um, but yeah, that, that, build time reduction, because it's using PMPM still anyway, I mean, maybe Sean could shed some light on how that works. Um, well, I mean, th- this is one of the very, I guess, basic propositions of why Turbo Repo was acquired by Vercel. There's some synergy here. So if you look at the PR, this is PR 4611 in Svelkit. Line like 11 and 12, the additions are uh, the Turbo token and Turbo team. And then there's also a Turbo cache key. Um, and that gives you a, a hint that I think they are using the remote caching feature that Vercel has enabled. Uh, so what that means is uh, everything, every build uh, and every step of the build is uniquely hashed and uploaded to Vercel. And that means that any user, uh, so, so that, in- that increases the build speeds for CI for the SvelteKit project. But also it means that if you use Turbo Repo on your local machine, you get to download the same build that uh, was built in CI because it's it's a unique hash. So that that is the that is the huge speed and the huge uh, sort of synergy that Vercel offers because it already has a CDN that uh, it just sends you assets anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, you know I got very bullish about Turbo Repo uh, end of last year, 
And I, I wrote I wrote a little blog post about why Turbo Repo, so you can go a little bit more into that. But I think just generally, um, you can see that our tooling is shifting towards supporting monorepos. It's just a best practice in a lot of cases. Obviously, for a project like Svelte and Svelkit, you want to have that. But I think increasingly, you're going to see, even for very basic apps, you're going to want a monorepo just for, like, here's our component library. Here is our testing. Here is our uh, our app. And having the monorepo set up uh, from the start makes it a lot easier for you to do a lot of like the, the standard development tooling that you're, you've come to be very used to. Yeah, it's, it sounds very nice, especially the 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 end result here of bringing it from ten to yeah. ten minutes to one minute. And I mean, yeah, you, know, you take this and like run it forward. The, the stack that we used in 2020, maybe 2019, 2020, might be completely replaced by 2030, right? Like so. Uh, from Node to Dino, from NPM to PNPM, yep. from, um, I don't, we don't, we did not have anything for Turbo Repo and then we had Turbo Repo and then from Webpack to Vite, just like the whole generational shift is happening and, you know, that's kind of the third age of JavaScript thesis. Yeah. Wild. Definitely. All right. Any, any other topics or do you guys feel like we're, we should uh, move on to unpopular opinions? Oh God, I need to come up with some of the opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Actually, I, I don't have any. I'm, I'm I, I have one. I have one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. So mine is, and I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion. I feel like it is because most people like use. All right. I'm just going to start with what, what it is. All right. So SaaS products are expensive and overrated, and you should look at self hosting more stuff. That's it. Yeah, so, uh, Anthony had that like a year ago. I remember you, Anthony, uh, ranted about it. Yeah, you, I mean, you had a rant about SaaS pricing, but same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, more more the void between the low and the high, I guess, the jump. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, ah, right. I mean, self hosting's got its own caveats as well, though, right? Absolutely, but like, so depends on what you what you need from your SaaS products as well, I guess. And you can always use SaaS products that are open source, so you could self-host them. I guess that that makes sense. That gives you also like a a way of probably migrating easily to 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 hosted one in case you need it. So we recently at Svelte Society uh, stopped like using a lot of paid products. So we stopped using Dropbox, and there are a couple of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, right. Yeah. So the marketing solution. So we're doing self-hosted marketing. And we just rented a server, for like a dedicated server. It costs like 34 euros a month or something. It's nothing. Like, And you get a proper server with like 20 terabytes of of traffic. It's like it's, it's never going to run out of resources for, for what we're doing. And it's still cheaper than, than like Piling on all of these services like Dropbox and uh, um, I think we used Email Octopus. It was called. Um, so now we're just using something called Listbunk and AWS for sending the the emails. And we went from I think thirty dollars a month to I don't know like fifty cents or one dollar for the email alone. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty neat way of saving money and. Yeah, definitely something you, to to look at. Yeah, if, if if you're recouping the costs like that, you're probably covering the overheads of maintaining your own server. A lot of 
a lot of my aversion to self-hosting is just the maintenance, security, things like that. Um, and I think that you know, if if the if the saving is significant enough, then it's definitely worth doing. But I think a lot of stuff that even we do, you know, as a company that's got a lot of traffic and stuff, we can do using just free SaaS tiers. Um, and then, you yep. know, occasionally we'll we'll bust a limit there, and we'll go, well, it's now worth us paying a little bit more money to upgrade. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it depends on what you're doing and how you're doing it, I suppose. But it sounds like you yeah. have a decent saving on email alone. Yeah, so so I guess the like the the counter argument here is that like if if you're blasting through limits, that's probably a good problem. Yeah, you're probably getting sales and a lot of users and stuff, so it pays for itself. But yeah, like for an org, org like Svelte Society that doesn't like sell a product, it's I think it kind of makes sense. We should sell products. We should sell swag. <laughs> We yeah, yeah. So sure. <laughs> I, it it is planned. So I think there will be swag at the Svelte Summit event later this year. Yeah, I'm gonna try getting some t-shirts and hoodies at least. But it, like stickers for sure, definitely stickers. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my unpopular opinion. Uh, I have a last last minute one. I don't know how, how interested you guys are to talk about it because this is not technically Svelte, but uh, this section is not Svelte specific anyway. Uh, so Redwood is viable now. So Redwood.js is the sort of Rails for JavaScript attempt from Tom Preston Warner, who is the founder of GitHub, and Jekyll and YAML and uh, a bunch of very influential. Did you know he also came up, he also like uh, wrote the Semver spec? Um, wow. No? What? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had no idea. I think it just comes out of being super early in, in open source and just being involved in all the things that you need for open source and turns out some are pretty important. Anyway, so Redwood basically is a selection of React ecosystem libraries and tooling, including Prisma and uh, React Hook Form and just a bunch of other, other stuff, except for styling. Anyway, I, I had a debate with him for, for the styling piece. And they were announced maybe three years ago, and then they had some noise about in 2020, and then complete silence for the last two years. So I thought they were dead. And recently they had, uh, well, this last week they had a 1.0 release where they uh, showed off a bunch of, like, um, they, sh they showed a demo, they showed a bunch of startups that are building on it. And I think it's just a really nice idea, really nice demonstration of, like, yeah, you can build quietly, and then when you're ready to launch, uh, try to do as special launch as possible. And this is how to do it. And it's very difficult to do something like this because people want you don't want you to succeed or people are cynical of your success, right? Like, uh, who needs another uh, reaction, yeah. you know, base framework? <laughs> so what they did was they picked a focus and their focus was if you're building a, a full stack startup and you want to be productive out of the box with React, here's a curated, cohesive toolkit that is built for you and has been built over the past three years by a very capable team. And they, they follow that up with like 10, 12 different startups that are building on it. Some of them small, some of them are more like side projects, but some of them are actually substantial. And I don't know, I just thought it was a very good example of how to launch things. Uh, even if you don't like the, the tech itself, um, you can study it just for like, all right, if you ever want to work on something like this in the future, uh, this is the playbook. And I, I thought it went really well. And it also shows like, this is the kind of, this is the way that like people like Tom Preston Warner ships stuff. Like 
if you're shipping something like Jekyll or GitHub or anything like that, you have to grind for a few years. Yep. So wait, so, so you invented YAML. Uh, sorry, Toml. Oh, Toml. Okay, okay, yeah. not YAML. Toml stands for Tom's uh, markup yeah. language, which is his name. Yeah, no, I thought it was, thought it was YAML. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was going to say, because it's YAML, then... <laughs> that's controversial <laughs> yeah so, so i mean it, it does it does seem like there are a couple organizations like remixes is, is uh you know up and running redwood is up and running and then blitz.js uh has now pivoted uh as well but you know i, I think they're uh the, the react ecosystem is still building out and hopefully you know and from svelte like we don't have that the, the numbers to support that but hopefully svelte kit itself can uh keep a watch on what those ecosystems are learning and maybe yeah. follow some lessons. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to more and more feel like it, it's, it'd be nice to have like certain stuff built in, like, like have everything for auth, like just ready to roll pretty much because you always need that. Um, and there are other things that you need as well. Like, I guess we have, we have testing, right. Um, in, with playwright, um, auth is very opinionated, right? Auth is auth can be done a, a million different ways, and yeah. I think to, you either put something in that becomes a plugins architecture, which is really difficult and messy, or you put in something that allows one way of authenticating and then you know ignores everything else. So it's different. It's a difficult one to yeah. sell, really. I think. Yeah, you might be right. I think it's a store. I think um, yeah. I have a project called the Everything Store, where we just like you know put all these things in. Hopefully, they're out of the box. Uh, you know, Next.js has Next Auth, which uh, hopefully does the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much you can make it generic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like OAuth, right? That that'd be. Yeah. One way I, of doing it. Yeah, I'm also very interested in um, seamless translation of local state to persisted state. So. Uh, can we have the same API for component state to going up to app- application state, going up to uh, maybe URL state, going up to uh, user state that's persisted in the backend, going yep. up to team state and organization state, something like that. So that's, uh, I don't know if this this is exactly what you're looking for, but I, I got demoed a, a product, I think, day before yesterday. Might have been yesterday. Well, anyway, uh, like a like a persistent like from client to to server kind of uh, yeah we're store sure. thing for uh, for Svelte and other JavaScript frameworks. It was pretty cool. It's not released yet, so I can't really say anything about it. But um, okay, there, there are a few of these. Uh, Convex is the one that I've been talking to. Mm-hmm. Convex.dev, and then. I think yeah, there, there's there's a bunch of these. Uh, like AWS Amplify also has has that. It's just a, a bit more heavyweight. Yep. And then you could also look at maybe MongoDB Realm. <laughs> yeah, it's all so, these sort of so, local local database in your app thing. Yeah. So so this was this was pretty cool. I I thought the the idea was pretty cool, uh, and I I think it might be really nice to work with, especially with SvelteKit. So uh, I'm pretty excited to see see him release release that probably in the next couple of weeks as some kind of beta or something we'll see um Um, i have a controversial opinion oh wait wait before you start so sean your your unpopular opinion is that you shouldn't 
necessarily release stuff. No, um, the, the the opinion is just like Redwood is viable now. Um, all right. Okay. When when most people were dismissing it, including myself. Oh, I see. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Anthony. Sorry. Yeah, my my controversial opinion is that I should not be banned from Twitter. That's my controversial opinion. But you're banned from Twitter? Yeah. So so this this person tweeted yesterday. Someone there, you know, they tweeted, "How do I lose twenty pounds in a week?" And I thought, you know, whatever, it's fun. I'll respond. Cut your arm off. And so I responded, cut your arm off, and then Twitter immediately banned me, saying that I'm in <laughs> promoting or encouraging suicidal self-harm, which I understand the concept, but maybe that maybe that algorithm's a little bit, needs a bit of tweaking. Uh, and they said That's... you can delete tweet if you want. Um, you know, it's like an automated thing. and Or you can submit an appeal. And because I, I want them to see their algorithm uh, needs tweaking, I've submitted an appeal. They said it'll take 12 hours. I'm still banned. So I'm guessing I'm now on like 24 hours, 48 hours. I'm not sure how long ago I got banned. But it's very annoying, and I and I disagree with the ban. Well, maybe uh, maybe it changes when uh, when uh, the new uh, the new owner takes over, right? <laughs> what did you see? Did you guys see that the Elon, Elon Musk put in a bid for for I think forty three billion for Twitter? Yeah, he's he's also trying to do a hostile takeover, right? He's already screaming yeah, in the yeah. shells over. I mean, the problem with so, that is Elon Musk hasn't got hasn't got very good opinions, so. Well, <laughs> he still has money, and he can probably buy it. So I guess we'll could. see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I did not see that, and uh, I own Twitter shares. Oh no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> You've got a conflict of interest there, Sean. Why? Is yeah. It, is, so, it your, is it your ethics, or is it your mon- your wallet that's going to be going to win out? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? I, I just I just got a lucky payday. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's the money, but then Elon will own Twitter. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wait, the stock price hasn't moved. What is this? Uh, really? Oh, shit. <laughs> that that is weird. He put in a bid for fifty four dollars. Yeah, and 20 the, the, cents a share. the stock is at forty seven, and it's like that's nothing. <laughs> maybe maybe there's some nobody believes him anymore. He yeah, exactly. No. Cry wolf but too he, much. Yep. Uh, maybe that's a good thing for him, though. In this case. So he like tells people he's gonna bid. It. Maybe that's not legal though. Like if you bid fifty four, can you actually buy it for less if it's if the market when is, caps? When is Elon ever not. worried about legality? Yeah, he I just manipulates whatever he needs to do and then just buys people. it. <laughs> All right, enough about uh, Mr. Musk. Yeah, <laughs> stonks. Um, do you guys have any uh, any picks? I um, I had one. Oh, Kevin here. Next cloud. Yep. Okay. So it's uh, I I can go first. So that's right. uh, that's basically continuing on on the unpopular opinion one. It's just uh, so next cloud is pretty much a, I guess you could call it a, a self-hosted Google, Google Docs, Google Sheets thingamajig with that also has support for. File sharing and stuff, so it works very well for uh, as a replacement to Dropbox, at least what, what I'm using it for. Okay, so that's nextcloud.com, and it's the self-hosted productivity platform that keeps you in control. Yep, and it's uh, presumably open source. Has been it is. even has a Wikipedia page, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. So looks like it's been around for a while. Yeah, it's it's very nice. Like. Definitely, definitely something I'd yeah, recommend. 
Wow. Uh, never. I can't believe I haven't heard of this. Yeah, you can you can host photos and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Okay. See so the feature set. Oh, there's there's modular, so you can have a lot of plugins. Uh, and yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff there. Okay. All right. It does okay. have email as well. That's handy because Google Workspace is starting to charge grandfathered in customers like myself. Um, oh, means right. that a lot of people are looking to move away. So it could be an interesting option. Yeah. Ooh, I, I, I got to put in another pick here. Yeah. Um, if, if you guys are fine with that. You can so, have mine. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Sean, do you want to go first before I, before I do my no, second ahead, one? Yeah. All right. So I recently switched uh, email providers from this uh, uh, service called Fastmail to something called Purely Mail. And purely mail is just a it's a just one person running this company. And it basically lets you pay a set fee for an unlimited amount of accounts and uh, domains. And since I have a lot of domains and accounts and stuff, I, I can just get I think I pay like one dollar a month for my for all of my emails and all of that. Ah. And that's that's compared to to Fastmail which was I think 60 or 70 dollars. So that's a that's a big win. It's kind of brave to say that you're a one person company, isn't it? Because it maybe maybe impacts confidence in people that you'll be around, you know, in a year's time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and I mean like especially if you're running a an email hosting service yeah, it needs to actually dele- deliver email and stuff. It's like it's like super um, key key man syndrome, key person syndrome, isn't it? It's yep. Scary. Okay, shall I yep. do my one? Mine's mine's pretty quick. Uh, so this is a, a pic of my uh, a tweet that I made, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I only do it because uh, it randomly became the the most popular tweet I've ever done. And uh, it's about Twitter as well. And basically, so what this is, is everyone wants an edit button for Twitter, uh, but you cannot, uh, but people, have, they've been resisting it for a very long time because of uh, the problem of people editing what they say after you've endorsed it, which is, uh, seems to be an intractable problem, but somehow they're trying to figure it out. And in the meantime, they have this uh, sort of premium, premium product called Twitter Blue, where they let you have a timeout, uh, kind of like Gmail lets you that you edit your, doesn't actually send your email when you tell it to send the email. It, it holds on to it in case you want to undo. And so they have a 20 second undo thing in Twitter Blue if you pay $3 a month for that feature set. Uh, and it turns out that this Twitter undo feature is browser only. So if you close the window after sending, you lose the tweet that you just made. Um, and so basically what Twitter did is implement set timeout and charge you $3 a month for it. And I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> so basically, we need to charge excellent. $3. We can charge $3 a month to create a browser extension that sits at the top of the tweet button and, and delays 20 seconds and then clicks mm. it for you. Um, and money. It's, it's been like that for uh, ever since Turbo has been around, which is uh, <laughs> seven, eight months. And I'm just like, you know, if this doesn't motivate you to ship your shitty site project, then I don't know. Yeah. What yeah. Just ship it. So that was actually your most popular tweet ever? Ever. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I bet you didn't expect that. Of course not. Yeah. 
I was just <laughs> reading a shit post. But this is, is the, okay, like, you know, there, there are a few ranking factors. If you want to like, get really meta, like, okay, people like talking about Twitter on Twitter. Yes. Okay. And then, and then like, is it funny? Yes. And then uh, is it sort of, does there, is an audience uh, tweet fit? Yes. Because, uh, you know, front end and uh, yep. criticism of, of a large publicly listed company. And then there was a bit of motivation at the end, which, uh, which I was talked about. Uh, side projects so I, I actually i mean you know retroactively i can break down like why i did well but also yeah, yeah. i mean i don't really care <laughs> right yeah <laughs> all right i think that's uh, that's all of us or well mm-hmm. anthony didn't have one right i didn't really have a pick maybe maybe i did have a pick maybe my pick my pick today is is a plyo push-up because i i um i saw on um on twitter there was a thread actually speaking of twitter and the, th- the thread was, can any developer do 25 push-ups? So some, some kind of like engagement bait tweet like that, you know, saying that all developers are weak or whatever else like that. <laughs> and and a bunch of people, uh, including Ken Wheeler, just replied to that. He you know, little video of him doing some push-ups. And I was thinking, actually, push-ups are cool and everything, but I really like plyo push-ups. So if you don't know what one is, it's where you do a push-up, and at the top of the push-up, you push your hands away from the floor so you're in the air, and you clap, and then you land on your hands again. And he repeat hmm. that. And it's obviously just adds a bit more kind of like they say explosiveness to push-ups. But it's interesting. But yeah, so I think my pick is just to play a push-up. And everyone should do them because it's very healthy. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, thanks everyone for listening once again. We'll be back next week with another episode. And uh yeah, until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.